Welcome to my Best Life Now podcast, where you can find simple tips to live your life on purpose by gaining clarity, building your confidence, and using your personal power. I am your host, certified coach, speaker, and trainer, Julieta Piox. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of My Best Life Now. I don't take it lightly that you come back episode after episode to learn how to live your best life now and not continue waiting for the uncertain future. So kudos to you for com coming back to another episode. I am fresh off of a time away with my dad who lives in New Mexico. I had the opportunity to go visit him and spend some time driving through and around the mountains in El Paso, Texas, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So I had a great time. We were able to connect, to talk, to have conversations, and just to create new memories. I'm sure you've had the opportunity to come back from a getaway like that and come back into a regular routine, all refreshed, empowered, and full of energy. So I am sure that you might know what I'm talking about. Today, I'm really excited about you listening to my guest, Heather Wilpley, who is a keynote speaker and an award-winning author of her first book, An Overachiever's Guide to Breaking the Rules. I first met Heather over 15 years ago in a previous company we both worked for, and today we come together to bring you yet another way for you to begin living your best life today. Heather recently wrote her second book, Grounded Wildness. In her book, she talks about how society tells us to prove our worth through our achievements, likability, and being good. She talks about how it's time to break the rules that are breaking you, and it's time to reclaim your wellness while you're grounded. Please join me and Heather as she shares her personal journey through grounded wellness and guides you through breaking free from the shoulds, the supposed to, and to rediscover your true self and live it out. Let's learn about grounded wellness. Good morning. Hello. How are you? I'm glad to have you on my podcast today. And I'm so excited about the things that we're going to be talking about today. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Julieta. It's wonderful to see you and, and be here to talk about all those good things today. Yes, I am excited about um, what we're going to talk about. I, I've, I've uh, seen your book, read some of your book, and I am excited about you talking about it because I know that it's going to touch a lot of people and it's going to prompt us to do something different and to break the rules. But I, before I get ahead of myself, because I already am getting ahead of myself, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, things that you like to do? Yeah, well, I love that that's what you're already taking away from it. So thank you. Thank you for yes. that right up front. Um, So what you said at the end is really what I do. So I am a speaker and I'm an award-winning author that works with women to, mostly women, to break the rules that tell us we need to prove our worth through likability and achievement and success and having the right body and all these other forms of being good and really breaking away from that so that we can take up more space, use our voices to impact change and have more 
more joy and especially more freedom in our lives, freedom from those rules. And so I do that through speaking. Um, that is the main thing that I do in my work. So I go into companies, to their women's groups, to women's leadership events, to conferences for, for women, as well as sometimes team events and all company events to speak on imposter syndrome and discovering your authentic voice and using it to create change and becoming a grounded and wild leader going along with that second book and, um, and creating your own rules for success. So I do that. Yeah. mostly through speaking and then also through my two books, like you said. So that first book is called an overachievers guide to breaking the rules. Cause that was my historic story of being the <laughs> consummate overdoer overachiever and, and really looking, taking a step back and saying like, why am I doing this? And where did this all come from? And that's where that first book came from. And then the second book, which we'll dive into deeper dives into all of those rules on a, on a deeper level. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about my work. And then personally, I live in Colorado. I love to explore and hike as much as I humanly possibly can. So um, I love to be outside um, and, and do all of that as well. That's my, uh, my happy place. So I love my work. I love to write. I love to speak and I love to be outside. So those are, that's the main pieces of my life, I would say. <laughs> that's awesome. When you said about um, going to take walks in Colorado, yeah. it makes me think of the Garden of the Gods. I don't know if you yes. need anywhere near the Garden of the Gods in Colorado Springs. I'm about an hour and a half north of Garden of the Gods, but the funny part is I've been there once and it was actually related to a speaking engagement. So it was my first in-person speaking engagement kind of post-ish pandemic. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was in Colorado Springs. It was a nationwide event, but it was in Colorado Springs. And I thought, since I'm here, I think I will go check out Garden of the Gods. So I did my speaking engagement in the morning and then went to Garden of Gods in the afternoon. And I was like, this is like the perfect day. This is an amazing day to be able to do both of these on the same day. And yes, it was epically gorgeous there. Just yes, really, really beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So we're talking about Grounded Wildness, which is your new book that is soon coming out. And, and I believe that just like I said, just from taking a peek at it, I believe that it's going to bring a lot of freedom into the women that are going to read it in terms of, wait, I, am I not supposed to do that? Wait, where, how did I, how did I even know that I had, I had to do that, right? And so it's, uh, and so that's why I'm so excited about what you're going to be talking about the book and for all of us, for the readers, men and women to look mm -hmm. forward to buying this book and, and really learning about the expectations that we put on ourselves and then the, the expectations that other people place on ourselves. And so Heather, I want to, um, I don't want to talk too much about your book because I don't know as much as you do, obviously, that's why you're here. But I want you to just share a little bit about what is your book about and what led you, first of all, what led you to becoming an author? And so tell us a little bit about your journey as a writer and where did this idea come from of becoming an author? Yeah. So I'll, yeah, I'll start with the author part of it. So part of it goes back decades. I mean, I always loved to write as a kid. You know, you hear those kind of when you're thinking about purpose and mission, they often ask you like, what did you love to do as a kid? And one of the things I always loved to do as a kid was write. So I was always writing stories in elementary school. And then when I got into middle school and high school, I wrote a lot of poetry and, mm -hmm. you know, I signed up for the junior writers conference when I was in late high school. And even in college, my, my major was conservation biology, but I would always choose the classes that had more writing involved. So like I took an elective journalism class and it kind of surprises me looking back that I never 
considered writing as a career. Like I never thought about being a journalist or trying to be a novelist or anything like that. And it kind of surprises me just given how much I love to write. But then as I got into adulthood based on, you know, timing and I think just other things in my life, writing really fell off for a long time, but it was always in the back of my mind. And part of it was because in my, when I got into my corporate jobs, which was my late twenties, they were busy. Like my first corporate jobs were busy. I did not have time to take like a class because I traveled quite a bit and I would be missing classes and things like that. But then in my, the second company that I worked for, I had really regular hours. I hardly traveled at all. And I was like, I am going to sign up for a writing class. So I signed up for, I lived in Minneapolis at that time, Minneapolis community ad creative writing classes. You know, they were like $40, very low key, very, very low barrier to entry on multiple levels, no perfectionism, no, you know, nothing like that going on. And I started signing up for some writing classes and I loved it. And interestingly, for a while thought I wanted to be a children's picture book writer. So okay. I wrote children's picture books. I did not do the illustrations. I'm not an illustrator, but I even went so far as to querying literary agents and going to a writer's workshop with a literary agency that focuses on children's children's lit. And so wow. I, I took wow. this pretty far, even though it never actually went anywhere. Um, and then when I left my job to start my business, so I worked in corporate HR and leadership development for over 10 years. And then decided to leave my business or just to leave my company to start my business as a coach, speaker, trainer. I was kind of figuring it out. I didn't really have a super solid business model yes. when, I, when yeah, I started yeah. out. Trying to fig- figure I don't it know that any of us do. I know. You, you, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like throwing <laughs> spaghetti at a wall for a while. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, what sticks? Let's see. What do I like? What do other people like? What's the overlap between those two things? But I thought I was going to write a book on getting the most out of development experiences at work. Like I interviewed 25 people. I had, although I had not started writing, I outlined the whole book and then I got into it. And I, as I left my corporate job and got more, more out of the corporate world and more into my authenticity and myself again, I was like, this is not my book. Like this is a book This someone could write this book, but this is not my book. And I shelved the entire thing, like 25 interviews worth of work and outlining and research. And I shelved the whole thing. Um, and then, and then soon after that, my first book came to me, uh, and it came to me because I think partly because I had the space to think about it. I knew I was going to write a book at some point, but I didn't know what that was. Um, and, and how it happened was, I was, I said earlier, like the consummate overdoer, overachiever, like valedictorian in my high school class, had no boundaries really at all in my corporate career. I overworked all the time. And then it got worse when I started my business because it felt like, oh no, everything is on me. Like it's really on me. And there's a truth to that to a degree, but I took it, took it to the next level of feeling like everything had to be successful, overdoing things. And I finally stopped and asked myself, why? Like, why am I doing all this? And I realized in that moment that I was connecting my worth to achievement. And when I, when I had that realization, then I was able to dive deep into all the things that came into that and recognize these rules that we are handed that tell us we need to be productive all the time. We're not allowed to rest. We always need to be doing more. And really that our worth really is dependent on success and achievement and productivity and being busy and all these things. And I was like, wait, I don't want to follow those rules. Like who am I separate from being the achiever, the overdoer? And like, I still want to create impact. I still want to achieve, but not 
overachieving. I don't want to feel guilty for stepping away from my computer. I don't want to feel all wrapped up and anxious and, and ruminating on things if I'm choosing to let them go. And I want to feel more comfortable with trying things and failing at them because goodness knows that happens in a business too, <laughs> where you're failing a lot. Um, and so I, that, and then that led me to write the book, not only my own experiences with the first book, but also I was coaching a lot of women and I don't do a ton of coaching anymore, but I was seeing a lot of the same stories show up in them, uh, particularly around this achieving or perfectionism, feeling like they couldn't take a break, um, always had to achieve. And so I ended up writing the book, An Overachiever's Guide to Breaking the Rules, How to Let Go of Perfect and Live Your Truth. And what's interesting about that is I, what I didn't know when I published that book, I'm still on board with everything that's in there. But what I didn't know was that was just the tip of the iceberg. Like what I had explored was one set of rules that is handed to us. And that first book, although I did write it, keeping women more in mind, really it, it applies to all genders, particularly in the United States, because we all get, we all get those rules of yes, success and achievement. Oh my goodness. So much. And, but what I didn't realize was like, yeah, there was all these other sets of rules. And what led me to write the second book and grounded wildness was actually what precipitated it was actually a, a dating experience. So I had growing up, I, I was in a larger body in middle school, high school and college. And, uh, and I was really ashamed of that. Like I was really ashamed of my body, really ashamed of, of myself. Cause I felt like I couldn't, couldn't control my eating. I didn't know like, why can't I just be thin? Like when I was 15, this is what oh, I yeah. was thinking. Like, yeah. you know, why can't I just be thin? Cause the whole world was giving me all these rules of like, this is thin is good. Thin is desirable. Thin is beautiful. <laughs> all of these things. And because I wasn't and didn't know how to be and couldn't, I really took a lot of that on myself. And even though weight shouldn't matter at all, but like, even though I lost weight as I got into adulthood, I carried all of that with me. And it was really only a few years ago that it, it surfaced in a really hard and fast way that made me stop and dive deeper and be like, whoa, wait, what, what is going on here? And how do I let go of some of these things? How do I finally feel whole, even though I was confident in most parts of my life, but this one part related to like body and dating and relationships was just like bad. It was, I felt very broken, even though I don't actually believe any of us are broken. I felt like this one part of me was just a jumbled mess. And it took a deep dive into, into that um, when I realized, oh, wait, I was never broken. It was the rules that were handed to me that were broken. And when I had that realization, like it was a moment in time that I had this realization, it was like a, a weight lifted off my body that has never come back. And I was able to then see like, wait, this doesn't just have to do with my body. This is related to the overachieving. And this is related to how women are told to show up in the world and, and use our voices or not use our voices and be direct and, or be bold, but don't be too direct and definitely don't be aggressive or angry. And, you know, all of these tight ropes that we are walking on. And I started to feel this freedom of breaking all of those rules. And I call that freedom grounded wildness, because that was the feeling that I had in my body of being so grounded in myself, separate from these rules that I was handed, that many of us are handed, that I'm able to be wild and free. So I'm grounded and free at the same time. And that's where the title of the book came from. That was a, a personal experience. Um, and yeah, that's so that I felt it. I felt grounded wildness and, and I wanted 
if even five other people read the book and are able to get a sense of that same freedom and that same realization of like, you were never broken. It was the rules Mm -hmm. that were hand that you were handed to you that were broken. If that sinks in for even five people, then, you know, writing the book is a hundred percent success because that's what really motivated me. I mean, I always learn, I love to write, I'm a writer. Um, so I like the process of writing. It's not a chore for me. I love it. And of course, I hope that that people let that message sink in and that it impacts some people who read it. You know, I love when, when you talk about the book and you would talk about the not being broken and, and, and not only that, but, but also feeling the freedom of being who you are. I love what you said. You said you said it a little bit ago, and I also wrote on my notes from just reading the introduction of your book. You said severing the ties between my worth and achievement. It attracted my attention when I read it. I, I wrote it on my notes. And I thought, don't we all need to do, need to sever the ties that we have between how much we're worth and all of the things that we can or cannot achieve. If I am not achieving whatever, you know, whatever amount we have set for ourselves or other people have set for us, if we do not achieve that, then our worth goes down. Um, but if we do, then then I'm, I'm, I must be worth something. And I love the fact that you're giving us permission through your book to sever those ties, mm-hmm. to just say, you don't, you actually don't need to do that. You know, and in coaching, um, when you talk about coaching women and things like that, I coach women now. And a lot of the, the limiting beliefs that they have is around, I don't believe I can do this, or this is too hard, or this is not for me, or I tried it and failed. So I'm going to fail again. All of those things that come into our mind. And I remember having a conversation with one of the, one of my um, clients and saying, you know, she was telling me how much she couldn't do something. And I said, well, and, and I asked her, why couldn't you do, why can't you do it? I want, I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. And, and she says, well, I just can't because I tried it before. And, and she gave me, you know, how we give excuses for everything. And I said, and I said, well, what if I were to tell you right now today that you are capable of doing it? You may not achieve it the first time. But you'll be, you're capable of doing it because if you see someone else achieving something that is evidence enough that you can do it yourself as well. We're all human. We have the same opportunity. We have the same time to do things. We have an opportunity to do it. And a light went on in her mind. Mm -hmm. And then her question was, what do you mean I can't do it? And when you were saying, um, when you were talking about the rules that are imposed on us, the rules that we grow up with. And they become so much part of our life that we believe that that is just the way it is. There's no other way until somebody makes the question or poses the question of who told you that that couldn't be different. And when it comes down to it, we tell it to ourselves. I can't do it like that. Yeah, it's, it's it's a rules. It's a set of rules, but it's ingrained so much in us that we just tell ourselves automatically we don't even question it. It's, I, I just can't do it, or I'm not capable of, I'm not worthy enough, or, you know, you name it. Um, and I love the fact that that what you're talking about, it, it gives us freedom. It gives us freedom to even question our thoughts, question our, our feelings, question ourselves as to why have I been doing this for this long? Thank you. I'm so, I, I, I'm so happy to hear everything, everything that you are saying, because you're so, you're so dead right on the, like, we don't even question it because we've been living with it for so long yes. that we don't even know those rules. And, and often when I speak, like particularly my keynote on creating your own rules for success, like I remember doing a virtual session once and a woman, and it was an all gender session, but a woman popped into the chat and she just said, 
I never considered that these rules were optional. Like this is blowing my mind right now because I never thought these were optional. And and that's true. And we get them from our families, from culture as a whole, from our school experiences, from work experiences, from all of our types of experiences throughout our entire life. Discrimination can play a role in that, not just gender discrimination, but also racial discrimination and other types of discrimination. So different rules are definitely handed to different people in different ways for sure. We are all handed rules, but they are different and they're, they impact people differently. And some groups have an easier time breaking those rules more freely too, or without consequence is probably a better way of putting it. Um, but yes, a lot of them, we just don't even know we're following. And so we, if we don't, if we don't know we're following, we can't break them. And so you feel like, so for example, a lot of that I hear from women is like, I have to be responsible for everything and take care of everyone. I have to keep everyone happy. I have to disappoint. I can't disappoint anyone. And that's part of this definition of like being a good woman that a lot of us are handed (laughs) or being a good mom. I mean, I'm, and I'm personally not a mom, but I hear that from a lot of moms and it's like, wait, I am actually like that just because I was handed that definition doesn't mean I need to follow that definition and that set of rules the whole rest of my life. And so, but if you don't know what they are, you can't choose what to break. And I'm not all about throwing every single rule out the window or any lesson or advice that you've ever gotten. No, but it is about raising the awareness and then saying, wait, whose expectations am I following right now? And do I actually want to follow them or do I want to choose to let go and really tune into my own intuition, my own knowing the rules that will work for me, which I will also say a lot of women say like, well, but isn't that selfish? No, because well, one, we deserve to follow our own well-being and our own inner guidance. (laughs) I just think that's a human thing. But also when we start to break those rules on an individual level, we almost inevitably start to break them on a collective level as well, even Mm -hmm. in small ways. So for example, I was doing a coaching program a couple of years ago and there was a woman in there and it was about letting go of everything we're talking about, achievement, perfectionism, disconnecting our worth from that. And she came in one day and was like, you know, I was, I'm on this like committee around gender inclusion and gender diversity on our, on our, our team. And someone had proposed that this wasn't really necessary anymore. And she's like, in the past, I would have just nodded and gone along. Cause that's kind of what everyone else was seeming to do was just starting to start to be like, oh yeah, I agree with that. She's like, this time I raised my hand and was like, no, no, we're not done. We're not done. This is the reasons we're not done. And we need to keep this group going for these reasons. And I thought that was such an amazing example of like this coaching program was talking about perfectionism and yet she stood up and and said like, no, this is what we need to do something different. This is what is right. So you almost, when you start breaking those rules, you start to challenge things. And so it's not selfish and we are allowed to be, take care of ourselves as well. But it's also when you break the rules for yourself, you start to break the bigger rules as well and, and be a change maker, even if that's not how you view yourself, it just is almost inevitable that it happens in your day-to-day life because you're going to challenge the way that things are done in a very positive way. Yes. Um, I also believe that besides raising the awareness, it takes a lot of courage to be able to stand Mm -hmm. up and say, no, I'm not done or no, I don't want to do that or no, I don't want to live that way anymore or no, I'm not thinking this way anymore. It takes a lot of courage. I know that you've written this book. This is your second book. You've talked about living the life that you want to live now, breaking the rules that you lived with with for so many years. What have you learned from writing the book? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many things. And first of all, I'm so glad that you pointed out the courage piece because that is 
a hundred percent true. Like it, it is uncomfortable most of the time to start breaking these rules. And I even think of like, I chose to move to Colorado almost three years ago and it was terrifying. I was afraid I was going to disappoint people. Like I, there was a lot of emotions that came along with that. And I also knew that it was something I needed to do, but it took a long time to get there because of a lot of these rules that I was yeah. feeling and the expectations and, and all of these things. And then the second I got here, I was like, oh my gosh, this was totally the right decision. This is absolutely where I want and need to be. And it was not an easy decision to get there. Um, once I made it, it was like, oh yeah, this is, this is right. But it took courage. It took discomfort and wading through that. It took oh, some worry and stress. And, and I think once you, once you start breaking the rules, it does become more comfortable to break them yeah, <laughs> um, or less, less, less uncomfortable maybe as a better way. Cause you, you get that evidence. Like you were talking about with limiting beliefs, like you start to break those beliefs because you get evidence that like, oh, maybe a new set of rules, a new set of beliefs is actually more true. And you get that evidence and it's like, oh wait, I can, I can follow that. So I took your question in a different direction, but I just, just want to comment. Oh, I'm really so glad fun. that you brought up the courage piece. Um, so what did I learn from writing this book? Well, interestingly, during the writing process itself, so I took notes, I started taking notes for this book before my first one, this was my second one, before my oh, first wow. one even came out. Okay. They were real minimal at first, but I was like, hey, there's something else here. So it was like okay. once a month, I would write one bullet point of a note. It was really minimal. It was not structured, but I just, I knew that there was something else, but I didn't know what that something else was. So I just started to like capture things. And then it was a couple of years ago where it was like the flood of everything and, <laughs> and the things that precipitated what's in the book happened. Um, but what's interesting is I had probably, I mean, I know I had like 45 or 50,000 words of notes, which is the length of the book. The book is 50,000 words. So I had as many notes as the actual length of the book. And the word shame was only in there once. And then as I started writing the book, I was like, I'm writing a lot about shame. Where is this coming from? <laughs> like this was not, so all the kind of general rules, expectations, you know, that kind of stuff was, was all correlated between the notes in the book. But I was like, where is this shame piece coming from? And that's when I, I, I took a step back and I was thinking about my own experiences, experiences I hear from other people. I was also reading the book that um, Tarana Burke and Brene Brown put together on, um, I think it's called Shame, Resilience, and and the Black Experience or Black or Joy. I, I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm not getting that totally right. But Tarana Burke and Brene Brown edited this book and it's a wonderful book about, about shame and resilience and joy. And, and I was putting all of these things to, together and you know thinking about my own experiences I was like, oh no, the rules, sometimes the rules just cause us to overwork or sometimes they just cause us to, you know, kind of smaller things. But often these rules do actually cause part of us to feel ashamed of part of who we are, like that that part of us is broken because we're we're not living up to the expectation that was put out in front of us. And that was a really, I mean, a really deeply emotional realization as I was putting that together of like, oh yeah, shame is a part of this. This isn't just like, I have a line in, in the book that says my heart was broken because I felt broken. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, those are two different things. And that's, that was some of the emotion I was feeling in that came out in the book that led to grounded wildness was because I, I, I felt like this part of me was broken and, and I was ashamed of that. And, it, and I didn't, hadn't really put two and two together on that uh, previously. So that was a huge, 
a huge realization coming out of the book um, for me personally. And I think hopefully for other people reading it as well. Um, and then what's been really interesting, you're not necessarily from writing it, but just when I started sharing what the book title was, people were like, oh yeah, grounded wildness. Like one woman said, I feel that in my soul. And she doesn't even know what the book is about, but she's like, <laughs> I feel grounded wildness in my soul. And I was like, yes, that is what I want. Cause I felt it so deeply as well. And I think it, it resonates on a, on a deep level for the people that it will resonate with. It will resonate with, it won't resonate for everyone, but, but that, that feeling of being grounded and wild at the same time, there's almost a, almost a spiritual component to it, but it's definitely sure. not a, not a religious book or anything like that, but there's a, there's a, a deep inner feeling to that. And it's been really fun just hearing, hearing people's reactions, even to the concept who haven't, haven't, haven't read a word of the book, but they, they feel it. And I, I love, I love that. So that's really exciting as well. Yeah. You know, I think that we, um, as human beings, we want to feel the freedom of anything that we can relate to, right? I want to have mm -hmm. the freedom to make my own choices. I want to make the, or have the freedom to make decisions and the freedom to live wildly or wildly. Um, I want to have the freedom to be who I, who I am and not be ashamed or worried about what other mm -hmm. people are thinking. Uh, I want to be free to wear the clothes that I want to wear, color my hair that I want to color my hair. <laughs> I believe that a lot of, a lot of us have those kinds of desires if you will in our in mm -hmm. our hearts and because of all these rules because of what society tells us because of what so-and-so said that looks pretty and not pretty looks professional and not professional all of these things we kind of lose a sense of who we are sometimes and mm -hmm. we forget about who we are when I read the book or when I read the title of the book it's like wait there's that that's that's what I needed to hear. That's what I want to hear. Mm -hmm. That's really what I want to I want the permission to yes be free. I want the permission to be myself. I want the permission to, to be accepted. I want the permission to feel accepted. All of these things that we tell ourselves and that we think about and the emotions that come with it. And when you finally have someone or something that tells you, hey, it's okay. All you got to do is want it and, and go for it. And then yeah. we realize, oh, is, is it that easy? Because a lot of the times when something is very easy, it's so hard. To act mm -hmm. to accept it, right? Yes. And and so when I hear about you know the different things that we're talking about in terms of the courage and the awareness and the things that that go beyond sometimes are what we think is out of our control. Those are literally the things that we can't control. And so when talking about grounded wildness, I know we've talked about uh, breaking the rules. We've talked about shame, some of that shame that comes mm -hmm. with it as well. Um, I talked about not being broken and and giving me the go ahead to be who I am, because uh, by the way, you're not broken. You've, you have never been broken. You know, it's been the system that's told you that you're broken, but you've never been broken. Mm -hmm. And when you think about your book, what are three things that you would want those readers and our listeners right now to get or to feel from yeah. reading Grounded Wildness? What would three things be that you'd be like, this is what I want you to get from this book? 
Mm. Well, I think just overarchingly, we've said this word multiple times already, and I'm going to reiterate it, which is freedom. That is the number one thing. I mean, we, the subtitle of the book is break free from performing your life. So you can start living it or, and start living it. And it, it, really it is yes. about that breaking free from these ways that we perform. So performing through proving, pleasing, perfecting, and even sometimes rebelling against the rules and pushing against them. That's also a type of performance. I found that the proving, pleasing, and perfecting tends to be more common, but they're, they're all out there. And so I really, I mean, I think that's the overarching thing is I want people to feel the freedom that comes from breaking the rules that have broken you and knowing that you were always whole, like you said, that you were never broken, that like this, this race to prove your worthiness can never be won because the race doesn't actually exist. Like it is a faulty race because it can't, like you can never prove your worth because you just are worthy. And once you, once you really, yeah, like once you really know that on a deep level, then then it, there's so much freedom that comes on the other side of that. And yes, it's still uncomfortable. Yes, you still need courage, 100%. And there's so much freedom to experiment, to try new things, to follow your inner voice and intuition, to dress the way that you want to, to speak up in a meeting, to, to move across the country, to start a business, to change careers. I mean, it, it, big and little things in your life day to day and to feel better about them while you're doing them. And so when you know that you are worthy and whole and enough, there is so much freedom that comes on the other side of that. So I think just from an overarching feeling perspective, that is what I'm hoping people will take away from this. I love that you said you're looking like that. It's looking for the permission. I want this book to be one giant permission slip to freedom. Yes. <laughs> uh, permission sure slip be. to freedom. I'm yes. Sure so, so that's one thing. Um, you know, the second half of the book is called getting grounded and wild. And it's all practices that are you starting to get you in touch with that true authentic self and to break the rules. And the very first chapter in that is called create space, uh, because I believe that creating space for ourselves, sometimes in very tiny ways, like going on a 10 or 20 minute walk, but without any earbuds in with your phone on silent, you know, having some actual space to yourself and sometimes in bigger ways. Um, we need that to be able to hear our voices above all the outer noise, above all the, those rules. Like you need to sift that out. And so many of us are so busy and so wrapped up that like all we're hearing is both the outer voices and our inner critic, as opposed to- Absolutely. Our, our intuition, our true inner voice, that deeper heart voice, whatever you want, you, whatever you want to call that deeper voice mm -hmm. inside you, you need some space in order to be able to hear it. And the, there's a reason that that practice is first in, in the second half of the book, because all the other practices are basically dependent on you having some space for yourself. And again, I'm not suggesting people need to go meditate for two hours every day. That's not what I'm suggesting, but there needs to be some sort of space for you to hear yourself. And not only are we just busy, but like, you know, if you're, if you have space, are you automatically listening to a podcast or automatically listening to an audio book the second you have any sort of space at all? Or are you able to just be with yourself and sit with yourself? which can be uncomfortable if you're not used to it. Yes. And those rules can come in saying you should be doing more, you should be productive or feelings can arise that maybe you hadn't planned on feeling that day. <laughs> you know, all of those things. So, um, but creating space really is like, we need to get comfortable being with ourselves and breaking the rules just internally, not even in front of anyone, but but just feeling feeling that freedom within ourselves. So I think that's um, the second kind of practice that I would, that I would recommend. And 
Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think what, what third one would come out of it. I think just awareness. I mean, it's, it's almost the precursor to freedom, but it's the awareness of these rules and that you don't have to keep on following them for the whole rest of your life, just because you were handed these expectations. And, and sometimes people can put a really clear, like, I had a teacher who's told me X and I've thought that was true forever since then. Or my parents always said, this is what the definition of success is. Maybe not exactly like this, but you know, this is the type of job you should have in order to be considered a success. Like sometimes people have very specific things that they're like, I remember that person telling me that. And wow, now I need to like break away from that. Sometimes it's more nebulous. Sometimes like I mean, I think for me, the achieving rules, as well as like these body, what's a woman supposed to be desirable. It didn't got, it did not come from one person. It came from like our entire culture as a whole. And so once you start to recognize that you can also start to see those rules continuing to be propagated in our culture and you just start to notice them. And it's like, oh wait, yeah, I'm getting that message all the time when I log on Instagram and it's like, I'm living off of three cups of coffee, two hours of sleep and a dream. Like that's not healthy. That is not healthy. Like that's supposed to be inspirational and that is not healthy. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's, it's evolved. Things are evolving. I think we are challenging hustle culture. We're certainly challenging the standard of, of body, you know, we're being more body positive and, and there can still be a whole lot more rule breaking and challenging that goes on. So you'll still see a lot of those rules being propagated, which makes it easier once you have awareness to be like, wow, no wonder I felt this way because I was getting these messages all the time. I'm still getting these messages all the time, which is why it's important to create the space to reconnect back into yourself separate from those rules. So awareness of the rules, freedom from them, and then creating the space to continually reconnect into yourself so that you can live separately or continue to break those rules and, and continue to live in freedom. So I think all three of those really go together. Great. Well, Heather, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. It's uh, it's amazing the work that you have done and also coming from your own experience and learning from the things that you've, the process that you follow and the journey that you're continuing as you write this book, as you've written your first book and now this uh, next book that is coming up. I uh, look forward to reading the entire book because I know I'm already hooked just with the introduction. And so I'm looking forward to reading the entire book and I can already tell that it's going to be very, very helpful for people who read it, who are looking for changing their life, uh, improving their life, having some type of transformation um, in their career, in their business, in their personal life, in their relationships. I want to thank you for sharing it with the world. I believe that we all have something that the world needs from us. And you're really taking that assignment to heart. And uh, and now we can see it. We can uh, have it in our hands very, very soon. And talking about your book coming out, please tell us all about when it's coming out, where can we get yes. it, all that good stuff. It should be out in late October on my website. So heatherwelpley.com is my website, which is where you can get, it's like the one-stop shop for everything. So that's where speaking information is. If you're interested in hiring me as a speaker or learning more about that, my blog is out there, my background and both the books. That's the only place that you can get signed hardcover books. So even if you're, even if you're listening to this right now and it's not quite out yet, you can pre-sale the pre-sale the book and I'll send it to you as soon as I get it, but it should be out late October. And then also um, it'll be out the ebook, audiobook, paperback uh, will be out on Amazon a few weeks after that. So sometime in November. So if you're more of an audiobook person, that will be out. And then it'll also be available globally as well. So if you're listening awesome. to this from outside the U S 
Amazon, both paperback, ebook, and audiobook will be available on Amazon sometime in November. So Google Grounded Wildness. Also, I have a podcast called Grounded Wildness as well. So if you Google Grounded Wildness or Heather Welpley, probably all the right things will come up because <laughs> I don't think anyone else has written anything on Grounded Wildness and I might be the only Heather Welpley in the world. So it will not be hard. It will not be hard to find me. <laughs> so yes. yes, thank you. So get those signed hardcover books on my website, heatherwelpley.com and then everything else you can get on Amazon as well. Again, Heather, thank you so very much for this time. And thank you for sharing the book, sharing a little bit about what the book is all about and what we have look, um, to look forward to. Anything else that you want to share with our listeners today? Oh, just thank you. And yeah, go get get grounded, get wild, stay wild and connect back into yourself and, and go get the book in order to learn how to do that for you, because it is really a book. I love Julieta that you said it crosses over relationships, work, uh, how we feel about ourselves. It really is a whole life book and the examples in there from all parts of life as well. So this is a book that will impact you on, on a deep level. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me and asking such wonderful questions. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for all of you listening to this right now to go out and, and read the book and get grounded and wild in your own special, unique way. Thank you. I love it. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for joining me on this episode and learning about breaking the rules while staying grounded. Begin to question the many rules that you have been following. Become aware of what has kept you hostage in your own mind and break free today. Let me know how I can help you begin to live within your purpose by breaking the rules of what's keeping you bound. Set up a 30-minute discovery call with me today on my website, julietapiox.com, and let's find out. Feel free to share this episode with anyone who may benefit or share it on your social media so others can benefit from learning about becoming free from breaking the rules. Have a blessed day, everyone. Until next time, go out there and live your best life. <music>